Washington, D.C. is flexing its New World Order muscle to brand average Americans rightfully fed up with a rigged election system as racist domestic terrorists who deserve to die. Because at the end of the day, Washington, D.C. is its own state, a corporation separate from these United States, a lobbyist hellhole seeped in corruption, teeming with sexually compromised ingrates, licking the boots of globalism and fascism. So when a survey conducted by Triton Polling and Research revealed that a D.C. jury pool refused to see the truth behind the January 6th political prisoners and instead opted to fuel the anti-American narrative, it was clearly obvious that there is no justice in the District of Criminals and a change of venue is in order as J6 protesters were branded as domestic terrorists, traitors, criminals, and insurrectionists. In every single court of our land, no one's been charged and convicted with insurrection, yet Democrats and dishonest people in the media every single day accuse President Trump of waging an insurrection. You know how I know it wasn't an insurrection? Because he hasn't been charged with insurrection. You know how else I know it's not an insurrection? Because this is the first insurrection in the history of the world where the people that were a part of it were unarmed. If you're trying to stoke an insurrection, you don't tell the people listening, hey, I want you to go over there peacefully and patriotically. According to the poll, nearly 90% said that Donald Trump was to blame, not the broken criminal election system. Nearly 70% said that Donald Trump's supporters are racist, a complete fabrication while nearly 50% agreed that the J6ers who stood up for the country, according to our founding documents, deserve life imprisonment or death. What the judges have been hiding behind, saying that uh, through the jury selection process, they can root out those who have um, inherent biases against the January 6th defendants, has now been completely obliterated. That narrative is gone. Um, you can't root out 86.4% of people that believe that no matter what we did at the Capitol, anyone who participated in events of Jan 6 should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Regardless of what they did at the Capitol, anyone who participated in the events of January 6, nearly 70% of D.C. jurors believe that we should serve prison time, prison time. Even as a three-judge panel, D.C. Federal Appeals Court in Washington, D.C., ruled that Donald Trump does not have immunity from prosecution in his election case, as events unfolded, the narrative to get Trump and his supporters is crumbling. We are here today to authoritatively express that President Trump did not commit an insurrection, uh, and we believe Congress has a unique role in making that declaration. It's not the job of the states, and especially not the job of some bureaucrats in Colorado to make this assessment and interfere with the rights of voters to cast their vote for the candidate of their choice. Kamala Harris kept it secret that she was in the DNC building on January 6th. She covered that up for almost a year before it leaked, and still she hasn't acknowledged it. Now think about this. Kamala Harris is one of the most politically opportunistic creatures on this planet. Why on earth would Kamala Harris forego the opportunity to milk politically the fact that she was within a hair's width 
of losing her life. Well, there were four committees, as you, as you told us here, that requested preservation of those Secret Service communications, and they specifically said including electronic communications. And then the Secret Service proceeds to migrate the phones to a different carrier and destroy the phones that were in their possession. The word of the Secret Service that this stuff is deleted and it ain't never coming back. Because they just did, they didn't just delete the electronics, they destroyed the phones. It is those that set up this monstrous power grab that flies in the face of the Republic who deserve life imprisonment or worse. John Bound reporting. The great Ezra Levant joins us to cover the waterfront in T-minus 60 seconds. Learn about you know, and those you don't know, tune in now at InfoWars.com and Real Alex Jones on X. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. It's got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make, and now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 40% off out of the game. Waging war on corruption. It's Alex Jones coming to you live from the front lines of the info war. We focus a lot on Australia. We focus a lot on Germany and France and the UK. And we focus on our amazing northern friends in Canada because the globalists admit, Klaus Schwab admits, the UN admits, they're the beta test for us. And we're the beta test for them. We're all in this together. So Ezra Levant heads up Rebel Media, one of the best media organizations is pro-human, pro-truth in the world, rebelnews.com, at Ezra Levant on X. We're going to cover the waterfront here with him. I've been trying to get him on for weeks since he was did a great job there uh, from Switzerland at the Davos uh, operation, knocked it out of the park again uh, with his crew because we had some big victories in Canada, at least for now, backing off the state, killing mentally ill people that they're wards of. And we've also got new clips of Trudeau saying, Canada's not great. How dare you say that? That almost tops his, uh, he admires Xi Jinping above anything else because he has a basic dictatorship. We've also got um, the media meltdown over Tucker in Russia, Israel and Gaza, Canada petition to get out of the UN, WHO, open borders, ongoing transgender insanity in Canada. We're going to cover it all. Ezra Levant, you're, you're, you're the quarterback this hour and the coach. What do you want to jump into first? Yeah, I want to tell you, I think the most important piece of news in Canada in 2024 was a shocking 
shocking in a good way, court decision by our federal court of Canada. It ruled that when Justin Trudeau invoked martial law two years ago in response to the peaceful truckers, when he seized bank accounts, when he deployed riot horses against peaceful protesters, that was illegal, unconstitutional, unreasonable, unjustified. Those are all words from the ruling. And further on, he said the way it was implemented was against our constitution, the seizing of bank accounts. Here's an example. The, as you know, a lot of households have a joint bank account between mom and dad. So if dad was protesting, they would seize the family bank account so mom couldn't buy groceries or medicine or pay for school. So it was that so it wasn't just that the invocation of martial law was illegal. The judge said the way it was implemented was illegal too. This was such a breath of fresh air. This was so encouraging. As the kids say, it was a white pill moment. And it's done one more thing, Alex. Not only has it vindicated all the truckers and put the blame around Trudeau's neck, but it has now fired the starter pistol for hundreds of Canadians who were debanked to sue the government because the pretext of having their bank account seized was just declared unlawful. The only people breaking the law during that trucker protest, other than some parking tickets, was Trudeau himself. Last point, the week that this federal court ruling came out, the justice minister under Trudeau who had implemented martial law, he abruptly announced he was quitting parliament and retiring. But we caught him deleting his Twitter account, which has all of his public statements and his private direct messages. So we've gone to court to freeze his Twitter account. I think he's trying to delete his tracks now that hundreds of Canadians are going to sue him over that false invocation of martial law. So listen, the world is in jeopardy, Alex. There's bad news everywhere. But every once in a while when you get a win like this, especially from a court that you had sort of written off, it's worth taking a moment to celebrate. By the way, I'm kicking myself for not raising that. When I wanted you on a few weeks ago, and you were, I understand you were busy, I wanted you on about that ruling, and then you, 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 that was the reason I wanted you on. Now all this other stuff has happened. But again, I want to say this again. The, the, the WF, the UN, all of them have said Canada is their main model. Uh, Klaus Schwab has said Trudeau is who he's most proud of as the model. We played that clip many times. I'm not going to play it again, but it's on record. Just type in Klaus Schwab says Trudeau's the model. We penetrates the cabinets. The, yeah. the, 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 the UN and your deputy prime minister and all of them have now come out just this week and said we want to take the bank accounts and demonetize anybody that criticizes the Ukraine war, anybody that criticizes open borders. So they're trying to take the model of the social credit score from China to Canada to, and, and now externalize that everywhere. That's why this victory, I know the court brought up the debanking as the worst part, uh, is so incredibly important. Yeah, you know, there's just this week, uh, a member of parliament for our socialist party introduced a private member's bill that would criminalize, like not just make it mildly illegal, but it would be a crime punishable with more than a million dollars in fines and two years prison time. This private member's bill, as it's called, as it's called, would make promoting the oil and gas industry a crime. I know you're thinking, no, that can't be. There's got to <laughs> be some catch there. The member of parliament who introduced it actually compared it to anti-tobacco legislation. And 
And there's a common thread there. They don't want you to be able to criticize oil and gas. They want you to, you know, uh, use less carbon. They're also in Canada proposing to make it a crime to, quote, deny a genocide against Indigenous people. If you deny that there are mass graves of Indians at the Indian residential schools, even if you're a skeptic, even if you're Indian yourself, they say that should be a crime. So there's all these movements in Canada to strangle free speech about key issues. And the thing is, in Canada, it's happening all the time. But remember when I was in Davos, Switzerland, covering the World Economic Forum, they're all pointing towards the 2024 U.S. election. That is the number one subject of conversation for the global elites. I think I told you that the two names that were on the lips of the delegates of the WEF more than any other were, number one, Donald Trump and how can they stop him, and number two, Elon Musk and how he is their impediment to stopping Trump. It, there I am in Europe with all these Europeans, all these globalists, but they're obsessed with those two disruptors in America. I want to report that to you, Alex, because you want to know. Uh, you, you told us, but it bears repeating. And people ask me, is Musk good or bad? Uh, you can't lie. The, the, the facts don't lie. You judge a tree by its fruits. He was never really a bad person, but he's involved in every major technology, so people can be as scared of the technologies and of their implementation. And I certainly agree with a lot of that. We should be very careful. But if you look at one point in the compass being total freedom and one being globalist tyranny, he was kind of in the middle before. He swung almost all the way over to being like a Tucker Carlson or an Ezra Levant or an Alex Jones, and so is Joe Rogan. And I know Joe Rogan personally. I know he's really awakened pissed off. So I think people need to be able to sit back and realize we're having cultural victories and 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 and, and that we're, we need to get ready for people to come over to our side and, and not just reject people when they start doing so many good things. What's your view on that? And, and, and what do you think gut level and, and also intellectually about Elon Musk? Thanks for asking. My number one fear is that he is exposed to the Chinese government because he has such a large uh, production facility, China is such a large part of his plans. So whenever I see him asked about China in one of his interviews, he really clams up a bit. That's my number one fear. But let's talk about the number one journalistic moment of the week, which is Tucker Carlson's upcoming interview with Vladimir Putin. That would not be aired on any network TV. I think it would be banned on YouTube. Elon Musk has assured that that will be seen as in, in its totality. And as he says, let the people judge it. And, and think of all the other things that he has permitted, including, if I might say, the revival of your accounts. And so, I mean, that is a proof point. You see his tweets lately about open borders immigration? He's, he's sounding like a rock-ribbed Republican. And I, I have to say, no man is perfect. But as Ronald Reagan said, I'm paraphrasing, he said a 10% enemy is still a 90% friend. And Elon Musk is a friend to everyone who cares about the free dissemination of ideas, the ability to speak truth to power. And and the, that's why they hate him at the World Economic no, Forum. No, exactly. Anybody, and, and start over is interrupted, but anybody that sits there holier than thou about Musk, I mean, I just ask him, okay, so you wish he'd just get rid of Twitter and stop doing the good things he's doing? No, he's, I know people that know him personally. I'll leave it at that. He lives here in Austin. I'm friends with some of the people that are very close friends. I've interviewed him for two and a half hours. 
They say behind the scenes, he is completely red-pilled, totally pissed and awake. Now, I know that about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan at dinner, he's like, you're totally right, Alex. It's all true. New World Order. He's come out <laughs> against us all. And, and so I know Joe's for real. And I could clearly see that Musk is rapidly moving into our camp because as he said just yesterday, if the West collapses, the world will collapse. We've got to expand civilization. It doesn't sit in stasis. It will totally collapse. The globalist plan for post-industrial world will create a new dark age and the elites will be destroyed. This crazy leftist Klaus Schwab, King Charles, Nazi-esque depopulation plan will destroy everybody. And Musk is smart and he's right. And so thank yeah. God for Elon Musk. And it's not a kiss his ass scenario. Trump's not perfect either, but thank God for, for President Trump. I mean, I'm just sick of people acting holier than thou. Does anyone in America, does anyone in Canada actually think for a second that many of the world's calamities would be happening if Trump were in office? All the things they don't like about Trump, mainly his personality, his jokes, his crass style, those are the things that scared the beans out of the bad guys. And I believe Trump when he says he would end the war in Ukraine in 24 hours. I believe it never would have started. And I think every Democrat knows that in their bones. And I think every Democrat knows in their bones that some, you know, uh, Mad Max style Houthi terrorists wouldn't be shooting at oil tankers or U.S. aircraft carriers with impunity. They wouldn't even try it if Trump were around. Peace through strength. Donald Trump didn't go starting wars, but he had a wildness in his eye, a twinkle, that, that you looked at him and you said, I'm not going to try anything with this guy because America's on top. No one feels that way about Biden. Biden thinks he's still negotiating with Francois Mitterrand, who hasn't been with us in decades. And Helmut I, I Kohl. Think, and Helmut Kohl. Yeah. You know, he's, I suppose they say when you start to lose your mind, your memory goes back to your childhood or your youth. Soon we'll have him talking about corn pop again or something. I tell you, November can't come soon enough, but um, I'm worried because they will not stop at anything to block Trump. So much depends on it. Trillions of dollars, the states of entire countries, the dominance of the U.S. currency versus others. The entire world hinges on what Americans do. And let me be more precise. We know which way California is going. We know which way New York is going. The entire world depends on maybe a half a dozen battleground states in America. And that's why election integrity and that's why uh, freedom of speech electronically is so important. And we're up here in Canada and obviously we want to get rid of Justin Trudeau because he's poisonous. But I have to tell you, whether or not Trump wins or not, or whether or not Trudeau is reelected or not, I think Trump winning or not probably has more effect on our lives up here. I mean, Trudeau's awful, don't get me wrong. But in terms of how the entire world would change or not, your election is important to the whole world, including to us up here in Canada, including to Australia, including to Europe. Well, that's right. Uh, I mean, elections other than a few city-states of Greece 2,500 years ago never really existed until about 250, 260 years ago. And so this election really is the most important election in world history. I, I think that's right. And we each have a role to play. Journalists like us, our job is to tell the other side of the story, to follow the facts wherever they lead, to shine a light of scrutiny on things. And when people say you're not allowed to talk about that, to say, why? I want to talk about it. The fact you're saying we're not allowed to talk about it makes me want to talk about it twice as much. And that's my thought about Tucker interviewing Vladimir Putin. 
everyone's so against it. Now, others have interviewed Putin, including after he invaded Ukraine in 2014. Why can't Tucker? Because he's shown an open-mindedness. I think Tucker, for his own reputation's sake, is going to ask interesting, firm questions, not just banal blather. I don't think he's going to let Vladimir Putin, quote, get away with things. I think he's going to let Vladimir Putin talk. That's your job when you're talking to a world leader like that. I think Tucker knows this is his moment to shine. And I think he's put an enormous amount of Oh, I've never seen him so excited. He's been trying for three years to do this. And I'll just leave it at that. But he is just, this is all, when, when I was up there months ago up in Maine with him, he was just Absolutely. He goes, when I go to Europe, you know, Europe. And I go, yeah, Europe, the big interview. He goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he, he really wants to stop World War Three, And absolutely. And, and I, I don't think I know, Ezra, their attempt to demonize and shut this down, it would have got 100 million views on X. The, the Streisand effect is going to get this a billion views total one way or another. I think so, because it's not just Americans who want to see it. Everyone in Europe wants to see it. And everyone around the world who wants to see both Tucker and Putin. This is historic in a way. And and I, I mean, I'm curious, and every hater is curious too. I mean, both pe- both fans and foes want to see it. You don't think every single analyst at the CIA and NATO is going to watch it? You don't think Vladimir Zelensky is going to watch it? They want to hear answers to real questions. I And <laughs> I think... We can all judge what we hear for ourselves. And the fact that Hillary Clinton or or others are actually talking about criminalizing this journalism tells you a lot more about them. It's so funny, the projection, and I'm not saying that Putin's a good guy. He's a former KGB agent. I'm sure he's uh, he's uh, ended some lives directly. Um, he's, he's not a pleasant dude. But for people like Hillary Clinton to start talking about authoritarian moves like jailing journalists, she she doesn't even realize how much she's projecting. The authoritarian nature of the left has certainly come out in regards to Tucker. It's it's quite telling. No, I totally agree. And they're also now saying they want to use the Espionage Act. And they say, if he exchanged questions with Putin beforehand, that's espionage. No, espionage is giving somebody missile secrets or submarine secrets during a war. Tucker's not giving them military secrets. He's going to talk to them. You know, we know about... Democrats who receive millions of dollars in payments, for example, from the wife of the former Moscow mayor. We know about millions of dollars going to high-ranking Democrats, even in the president's own family from Russia. That would, if you're interested in espionage and corruption and influence, that's right. If Putin gave him ten million dollars to be pro-Russia, that would be espionage. But there's no evidence of that. But there is three million from the Moscow mayor. There is three, and there is yeah. and and listen, Tucker Tucker doesn't need the money. Tucker's doing just fine. I think he's I think he's making a name for himself. I saw Christiana Manpour, I think it was, say, "Oh, Tucker, you're not the only one trying to get." He, he was criticizing Tucker and saying, "Oh, we've all been trying to get it." Well, that's it's it's jealousy partly too, isn't it? All, I mean, what journalist wouldn't love to have this moment? You would, I would. Well, Tucker's the guy with the momentum and the gravity, and he's been telegraphing for years. He wants this. I bet he's been thinking of his questions for three years, Alex. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And every hater will be watching, too. It's like what they used to say about Howard Stern. The only people who listen longer than the fans were the foes. And for the same reason, what's he going to say next? Except this isn't just jokes and, and sex jokes. This is the stuff that 
wars and peace are made of. It's going to be historic. I think I'm excited to see some real journalism instead of the propaganda I see. Well, I, I mean, you're absolutely right. And and that's why this is bigger than Tucker or Vladimir Putin. It's about stopping World War III. It's about Kennedy getting on the phone with Khrushchev and the Cuban Missile Crisis in the early 1960s. We need this dialogue, and, and we need to know that all Americans don't hate Russians and all Russians don't hate Americans, and that it's actually the opposite of that. And look, I don't like hearing the Ayatollah Khomeini or Khomeini before that. I don't like things he was saying. I don't like those guys. But it was okay when all those big national 60 Minutes reporters went and talked to him because that's what you're supposed to do. And what they're really saying is your children, you're not allowed as adults to hear what another adult is saying. And that's just the essence of tyranny. And that's the essence of being treated like a child. You know, I, in Davos, I'm not sure if I told you, when I was here for the World Economic Forum, remember so many companies and countries have a big pavilion outside the secure area so we could go into them and see what they had to say at the United Arab Emirates or India or whatever. Ukraine has a big pavilion every time. And I went there last year and I went there this year. And obviously it's their national message. You could call it propaganda. But I went there with an open eyes, an open heart, and listen, Alex, the number one victims here are the Ukrainian people. How many hundreds of thousands of people have been killed? Young, an entire generation of young men. I saw a report that the average age of the Ukrainian soldier these days is 43, because they've wiped out the generation of young people, let alone the millions who have fled the country as refugees. The number one beneficiary of peace would be the Ukrainian people. And when I hear the alternative, just flinging more men in, into the meat grinder, it's heartbreaking. And I, I listen. I and now they want to now they the want to conscript women. And even the former uh, U.S. top general from NATO just retired a few years ago. He said uh, two weeks ago, "It's time to conscript the women." This is barbaric. You know, it's heartbreaking. And I, I tell you, if I had one question to ask Putin, and I know I'll never get the chance, it would be this. There's so many reports from different people who were there that there was, when Israel was actually helping to, Israel's friendly with Ukraine and Russia. So Israel was hosting a, a kind of peace talks. This is over a year ago. And there was a general template on a, on a peace agreement and Boris Johnson was dispatched to scupper that deal That's at right. the last moment. That's been widely reported from various people in the meeting how and and what did the West? What did Ukraine gain from the additional war besides more devastation? And Israel didn't get any credit for trying to stop the war. Netanyahu did do that. You know, it should be. I mean, could you imagine if the war was stopped? There, I want to. I would like to hear Putin describe what the deal was and why it was called off. If he would be interested in the deal, because otherwise, how does this end? What's the end game for Ukraine? Simply de depopulating the country, throwing more. Well, that was my next question. I mean, they now even admit in the New York Times. We knew this a year ago, six months ago, was certain. They've been decimated. They can't get new recruits. The Russians never wanted to take the whole country. They wanted that security zone. And then to lure the, the NATO proxy army in for destruction, what Putin said two years ago has now been done. I think it's fair to say Ukraine has lost. And they've lost in a number of ways, and it's heartbreaking. And I, and I say that having gone through and in, in absorbed the Ukrainian message in Davos. And I went in there knowing, okay, I'm going to be getting the full Monty from the Ukrainian side. But you know what? 
It's a story of loss and pain. And yeah. And they've been valiant. They, I mean, they're outnumbered, you know, 10 to 1 by the Russians. You can't deny the Ukrainians have fought like hell, but all the analysts knew it was a suicide mission. So the West sits back, winds them up, pushes them in to die, knowing Russia was going to win. You know, Ukraine on a, had uh, one of the largest caches of nuclear weapons after the Cold War. Because remember, they were part of the Soviet Union. And other than the Russian Federation itself, Ukraine had the most nukes of any country. I think they had, other than America, I think they were in, it was America, Russia, Ukraine, and then Britain. Yeah, Ukraine was positioned, Ukraine was positioned for war by Europe, yeah. And they were convinced to give up their nukes. And Bill Clinton signed, I think it was called the Bucharest Memorandum, or the Budapest Memorandum, basically saying, give up your nukes and we promise we'll help you. Well, that's sort of a parable, isn't it? Never give up your guns, let alone your nukes. If Ukraine had its nukes, Russia never would have invaded. And there's a parable there about someone saying, give up your own self-defense, we'll take care of you. That paper was worth nothing. And, and my heart breaks. You know, my own family came from Ukraine 120 years ago. Obviously, I regard myself as a Canadian. But, you know, it's, what a disaster that war has been, but it's still celebrated as a victory across the West. It makes me very sad. Very well said, Ozo. Let's get these other big topics when we come back. All I do is research, research trends. And I see what is having the best effects, what is having the best reviews. So a couple years ago, I saw different formulas out there that are known to create compounds of the blood that flush out the body and that create what they call vasodilation, opening up the arteries, opening up the veins, which is so important, not just for young people, but especially older people. And so then I had Dr. Judy Mikovits, who's such a renowned scientist and a whistleblower. She said, I love your formula. It's one of the best out there. And so this product, Nitric Boost, became a bestseller. Well, we decided to soup it up and make it even stronger so it's the original formula, just a little bit stronger. Now Nitric Boost is available at InfoWarsStore.com. Because the problem was the supplier we had couldn't supply enough. We were selling out very, very quickly. But now we've got a big supply of Nitric Boost in stock, ready to ship at InfoWarsStore.com. And when I talk about vasodilation and the nitric oxide is a potent vasodilator meaning it can help relax and widen blood vessels this can lead to increased blood flow and improved circulation which is critical to various body functions so ladies and gentlemen it funds the info war it's an amazing product so we have the new and improved super powerful nitric boost back in stock ready to ship for 40 percent off at infowarstore.com this is a true win-win this has the very same effect as some of the male enhancement things out there, but totally naturally. This does it in a natural way, and not that I need those products, but I've tried them. I've been to the doctor. They give you a prescription of it, and I've tried the top brands, the two top brands. And, and I'm not even trying to say that's what this is. That's off-label. That's not what this is even for. This is a supplement. But it is incredible what it does for your body. So get this amazing product now in stock, ready to ship, Nitric Boost today at InfoWarStore.com for 40% off. You fund the InfoWar. It's so good for your body. Get it while you can.
But, well, nitric oxide is a key. It's made by our own bodies again. It's made by L-citrulline and, and L-arginine, the amino acids. So we're fed. You can, you can get it from beet powder and other things. The nitric oxide relaxes the endothelium, the vasculature. It relaxes the vein. It's a natural blood pressure. In fact, I use the two, your InfoWars. I keep that on my shelf. And I feed myself the Cardio Miracle, which is just for straight food. It's a different formulation than that one and the two together are a one-two punch so you get in your food the ability to make what you need and no more you've looked at our formula you, you like it i did and i do yes well, I, i'm not a scientist so, like you what is what do these compounds do creating nitrous oxide what does it do um it relaxes the vasculature so the clot will go through and not restrict it allows it to relax it lowers the blood pressure has the uh toxic um, synthetic lipid nanoparticles similar to the one in the COVID shot. We saw athletes dropping dead on the field, um, passing out, falling down, all the things. Yeah, why seeing. is it particularly the athletes? They're operating at such a high level in their mitochondria. This is an energy production, oxygen um, necessary disease because athletes are running, they're constricted, they're, they're working so that the blood flows and it doesn't flow, which is why your nitric oxide um, product that new products I hope you'll show it because that's a very important thing to have for acute events be it dissolve under the tongue give you an instant relaxing of your endothelium your vasculature so get nitric boost today at infowarstore.com for 40% off get it while you can leading a frontal assault on the lies of the new world order it's Alex Jones You are either with the Republic or against it. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. It's Alex Jones. Here's the bottom line. Here's the meat and potatoes of it all. Here's where the rubber meets the road. There are times in human history when we go through incredible change. There are turnings every 90 years or so that have been observed for thousands of years, depending on the different cultures and areas, but we, we go in those cycles. And there are mega turnings that happen every 400 years or so. And if you look at all the technology, the things we have today, I call it this, and others are picking up on it, but it's, it's a mega turning, a super turning. Uh, the turning of all turnings. The whole future of the world is being decided right now. And all the old wars and all the old wounds are being ginned up and opened up. But really, it's team humanity versus team tyranny, folks. It's team demon versus team freedom. That's an Eddie Bravo term that I've expropriated. So Ezra Levant is one of the smartest guys out there. The, the work they do is first right around the world, not just in Canada. We're so honored to have him. We've only got like 25 minutes left with him. Uh, and, and so I wanted to go over a lot of what we've got here. I want to get into Israel and Gaza. I want to get into the open borders. I want to get into the government-assisted suicide, the ongoing uh, insanity in Canada with the transgenderism, uh, and also the Canadian petition to get out of the UN and the WHO. What do you want to tackle first? You know, the transgenderism thing is incredible, and I, I think there's a lot of issues out there that reporters are afraid to talk about. 
for fear of being called racist or extremist or or anything like that. And you know that because you've been called falsely every name in the book. Now you've got tough skin like an armadillo. You've been criticized so much and me too. But ordinary journalists, they wanna stay away from that. Transgenderism is the most dangerous subject for a journalist to cover, although Alex, it's the most obvious one. Your own eyes show it to you. And and remember, and when by the way, Tucker Carlson was came up to Canada. I didn't mention that to you. I don't know if you saw that. Rock star Tucker level, 20,000, 30,000 people packing arenas. Oh, my God. It was amazing. He had 4,000 people with him at lunch in Calgary. Then he went up to uh, Edmonton. I don't know the exact number. I'm going to guess 10,000. It was a hockey stadium. I mean, that stadium, stadium looked like a 20,000, 30,000. I mean, it was, they, they were in it the nosebleeds. It was huge. And, and by the way... Uh, it, it was, he, he's got such a sense of humor. I forgot how funny he is. You know him. So you, I mean, I, oh I, my God, he's even somebody. better. He's Listen, funny. Ezra, he's even better behind the scenes. I've spent days with him. He once came and hung out with us on Thanksgiving. I spent a couple days with him and, and, uh, 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 just recently. The guy is like Santa Claus. He's so jolly. He's literally what he looks like on TV. You know, I, I got a real kick out of his visit, and it got the entire country squawking about him, including Trudeau, of course. But one, I learned something from him, and and that's I didn't. I thought I had heard him so many times. I, you know, I'll just go just to be there for the moment. But I learned something. He said that the purpose of transgenderism, one of its ideological missions, is to humiliate Christians, and. And I would interpret that to mean, you know, that scene in the book 1984 where the torturer holds up four fingers and says to the hero in Orwell's 1984, how many fingers? I, there are five fingers and he's holding up four. And he keeps torturing, torturing Winston Smith until he says there are five. And the torturer says, no, it's not enough for you to just say there's five. You've got to believe it. And, and and what's my point about the humiliation point in this 1984? Transgenderism is about making you look at a man and saying that is a woman. It's about breaking down your own personal integrity, your moral integrity, your own belief system. If you can swallow the lie that a man is a woman and therefore that anything flows from that, that a man can go into a woman's change room, then everything is broken it down. Makes you and, murder, and so it makes you murder logic. And so they need to have a benchmark that's so insane that now you'll accept anything. If you believe that big fat men dress like clowns that are convicted pedophiles are women, then you'll believe anything. You'll, be, you'll believe the moon's made of cheese. You know, and it's incredible that Orwell nailed that 75 years ago in his book. But it, it's... Ezra, you know I, why. You know why, just a brief aside. Because uh, I've read most of his other books that were nonfiction. They're actually uh, composites of essays he wrote under different names, like To Kill an Elephant. It's actually a compendium book. It's also a sub-essay. He was from a very powerful family, but they lost money, so they were out of power. Then he went and was an imperial policeman in India. Uh, then he came back and became a communist, lived on the street in Paris and London for years and got tuberculosis. Then he went into uh, MI6 OSS before. It was like the chief propagandist uh, in the Thabian Socialists, the very top guild, and believed it, and then found out later, wait a minute, uh, Hitler's bad, but Stalin's just as bad, and you guys are planning something like that here. I'm going to write a book exposing, and he said that in his essays in the year before he died. You know, he died a year after the book's published. He wrote in the essays, no, this is what they're really planning. This is what they'll do if we don't stop them. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, you're right. And let me just throw one more thing out. And I learned this actually from Dr. James Lindsay, who I think is a thoughtful critic. He says the word queer, we usually take that to mean a, a comment on sexuality, but it's not just that. There's queer math, there's queer history, and all it means is to attack the norm, to tear it down. So when I look at transgenderism, I think, why is this happening? This madness has it's emerged It's French Revolution, it's overthrow God's reality. Exactly. And so we have a reporter. You, you might recognize me. Recognize me. Where's that fedora? His name is David Menzies. He's one of our favorite guys. And he goes to sporting events where this is all out in the open. He doesn't go to secret meetings. These are tournaments, swimming tournaments, volleyball tournaments. And and they're mainly for young men in, in high school or college sports. So there's moms and dads there. But he, the the latest story that David Menzies broke, it's the craziest thing, Alex. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Is Well, there's a couple of stories. One is a 50-year-old man who not only says he's a woman, he says he can compete with teenage girls. So he's not just transgender, he's trans age. And the swimming club lets him swim with and change in the change rooms with young girls and they in fact changed their swimmers bill of rights to say anyone can compete against so they're pushing age. the boundaries it's just like saying we're going to put unqualified mentally ill people in the cockpits of 777s and we now have faa video saying it makes people uncomfortable we're doing it they're they're literally at war with reality and what gets me the, the number one thing i feel whenever i watch david's videos of these sports events is where are the moms and dads? I mean, Alex, the most dangerous place in the world is, I mean, if you see a baby bear cub, get the hell away because God forbid you're between that bear cub and its mom, you are in grave danger. There's nothing a mama bear won't do to protect its young. And that instinct is in people. And they know if they can cut that instinct off, they can get away with anything. Is that the same reporter that got arrested for asking the, yes. uh, the deputy uh, yes. leader? Tell that whole story. Yes. Sure. And, and again, in Canada, there's 700 agents of the government of Iran running around this country, whipping up anti-Western, anti-Semitic, anti-Canada stuff. And so there's been a call to criminalize a terrorist group, call a terrorist group, the Islamic Republican Guard Corps. Which is they the host protests on on X in Ottawa with fifty thousand people, and they admit it's sponsored and run by the Quds forces. That's the Iranian militia, and and they're legal in Canada under Trudeau. So our guy Menzies, the same guy who covers the transgenderism, he goes up to the deputy prime minister. And he says, "I'm David Menzies with Rebel News. Why won't you ban the IRGC?" Okay, that's a pretty good question. Yeah, that's the clip right there. And watch there. So he's asking her the question twice. And then a cop stands in front of him, brushes against him. And then the cop says, you're under arrest for assault. But you just saw the clip, Alex. He didn't assault anyone. The cop assaulted him. And in fact, if I can ask your team, can you play that last 60 seconds with the sound up? You've got to hear the yeah, sound guys, play up. The clip. Only play the clip. Uh, here's the clip.
I was just scrimming uh, Christian Freeland. I'm a, I'm a police officer. You're under arrest. Alex, it, it, you saw the, the, the craziest part. They later handcuff him, frog march him to a police car, drive him away, and then just dump him off on the side of the road. They drop the charges. But the incredible thing there is that he wasn't assaulting anyone. He was at, he wasn't even being rude, maybe slightly annoying. That's a reporter's job. He just asked a question. And did you see that plainclothes cop just sort of stood in the way, was gently brushed, and then slammed our guy against the wall and said, you assaulted me. Premeditated. And I think what was... And what was so crazy about that is people saw the gaslighting in real time. And it was so natural how these cops lied about it. They later let him go, but Alex, I'm not letting this go because this is the second or third time that Trudeau's or or liberal other Dudes. liberal bodyguards have roughed him up and we will seek justice. We sue police who attack our people. We don't let it go. And I got more news coming from you in about a week's time about what we're doing for David. Canada, the way they treated him, I don't know if you remember when the Turkish President Erdogan came to Washington, D.C., and there were some uh, anti-Erdogan protesters, and Erdogan's bodyguards just pummeled the hell out of yep. him. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah, 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 guys, pull up. Erdogan's bodyguards beat up uh, peaceful protesters, D.C. They beat the snot out of them. And that's that's what Christian Freeland's, uh, that Christian Freeland is the Deputy Prime Minister of Canada, and... She is a board member of the World Economic Forum. How's that even allowed? How can you be a trustee, a lawyer? And wasn't her ancestors pro-Nazi publishers in Ukraine? Yes, you know, you know our story well. Her grandfather was a Nazi who actually expropriated a newspaper from a Jew and turned it into a Nazi propaganda machine. I, I mean, her grandfather would be proud of her style, Alex. Incredible. We've only got like 12 minutes left. We got to move quick here. Uh, let's let's talk about the big one to me. The government assisted suicide program put on hold till 2027. Uh, this is insane. This is good news, though. Well, let, let me uh, reduce your happiness by a few degrees. I apologize in advance. Oh, the you're the expert. Assistance yeah, you're the expert. Tell us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good news that the next phase is being delayed, but they're still suiciding people every day. It's now one of the leading causes of death in Canada, and wow. and here's what they put on delay. Uh, yeah, we're seeing on the screen there um, some of the Turkish protesters uh, in America. I, or actually, that looks like it's in Turkey, but in America, the, the Turkish bodyguards beat them up. Anyhow, back to the MAID. That's the new name they're calling doctor-assisted suicide, medical assistance in dying. And this started popping up all over the place in Canada, veterans with PTSD. Because remember, Canada sent a lot of troops to Afghanistan over the years. So we've got a lot of troops with PTSD, which, you know, is mental distress and they need help. Instead of offering them help, our Veterans Affairs Department offered them suicide, offered them MAID. And again and again, reports came out. And again and again, the government denied that that's what they were doing. But it happened so often. And now what's being delayed is the expansion of MAID to people who are merely depressed or have mental illness and no they started made saying oh if you have a if you're almost dead if you have no chance of recovery if you're in physical pain if you're in the twilight of your life just let them go peacefully that's a, that was the camel's nose in the tent for doctor assisted suicide now are you depressed we'll help kill you we'll help kill you i don't want to give the details away cuz we're doing a story on it i spoke to a father the other day whose daughter had arranged for a doctor to come to the house to kill her in the house. And he called me saying, there is someone coming to my house to kill 
my daughter. Could you imagine saying those words? If it was someone coming with a gun or a knife, you would do everything you could. But what if it was a doctor in the state-run healthcare system who had the force of law with him? In fact, you would be charged with the crime of interfering with healthcare. That's what they call it, Alex. They call doctor-assisted suicide healthcare. The medical profession that for thousands of years, their motto was do no harm, the Hippocratic Oath. They are the lead practitioners. And never forget it, it was the doctors who were the pointy edge of the spear in the holocaust absolutely that's where it all started in in 33 and then it's, 10 years later he was killing millions with hitler so let's expand on this i don't want to get it wrong though they are trying to say handicapped people mentally ill people that are at wards of the state the state will decide to make the decision they couldn't find any doctors to do it so at least that radical insane expansion got shelled but you're right canada is now one of the capitals other than like the netherlands of uh, of government pushed suicide and don't think it's not connected with the fact that our government runs the health care. Government runs the health care about as well as it runs the post office. And so it's expensive and it's slow. And there are literally millions of Canadians waiting in pain for surgery. Everyone has free health care. Good luck if you can get it. The, the waiting list is insane. And so all these people who are languishing, many of them in pain, the government says, hey, we'll suicide you. Everyone's a winner. You're I've, I played news clips from your national TV, so they're showing this. And it's like, well, I've got really that. bad back pain. I don't want to die, but they say I cost yeah. too much money, so they want to kill me. The, the, sh shifting out of that, then, closing comments on that. Let's talk about open borders. Uh, let's talk about Israel, Gaza, and Canada petition to get out of the U.N., Sure. You know what? I, I don't know if uh, you can find it quickly on our Twitter feed. There's a short clip of our immigration minister named Mark Miller, Mark spelt with a C, who announces that he wants to bring literally thousands of refugees from Gaza to Canada. I don't know if your team can I go saw to the Rebel clip News when you online. had it up there a few days ago. Yeah, people go to Rebel Media, uh, they can find it. Rebel News Online is our Twitter. And, and it's just a clip because you're not going to believe it if you don't see it. There's no other country in the world that wants to take refugees from Gaza, certainly not Egypt. In fact, they're building a higher fence between Egypt and Gaza. But Trudeau is so dead set on maxing out migrants, and he's got an obsession with migrants from the Arab world. Who else would take migrants from Gaza? Trudeau wants. Thousands of them, and I remind you that Palestinian pollsters have found that at least 75% of Gazans support Hamas and other terrorist groups and support the October 7th terrorist attack. And Trudeau wants to bring these people into our neighborhoods. I'm terrified. And by the way, you happen to share the world's longest undefended border with us. And so do you think that of these thousands of Gaza migrants that Trudeau's bringing, do you think none of them will have ambitions to go after the great Satan. Yeah, play that clip sound up if you please. Okay, they'll 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 they'll, they'll get a cue. They'll tell me in a moment when they get ready with audio. But but let me just ask you this. Here's where here's where the left disconnects from reality. Okay, okay, I know it's a fetish hate Israel and say everything evil on earth is Israel and I was mad at, you know, Netanyahu pushing the poison shots like all the other leaders and saying Israelis are getting pigs and all that. So I don't think Israel's perfect. Nobody's I mean, I love America, I can't stand our government. Okay, it's it's the same thing with Israel. You know, I think Israel's great, but I can't stand some of the stuff different governments do. Same thing with, you know, the UK or Canada or anybody. You know, Trudeau's not Canada, Netanyahu's not, you know, Israel. But this leftist big media uh, State Department, big universities are completely anti-Israel, pro-Islam. The Islamists are attacking the White House, attacking everybody, blocking highways, attacking people, saying, screw America, we're taking over, this is an Islamic state. And then the left 
you know, trannies and people go out and get beat up at these events, not knowing what Islam thinks about them. It's the West that's tolerant. Why is the left so allied with Islam? Ezra? A few weeks ago, um, I, don't, I don't know if we're frozen there, if you can see me. Um, on the streets of London, a few weeks ago, they had 100,000 people march in support of Hamas. And I was interviewing everyone I could. And, and they were mainly new immigrants to the UK, but there were some old timers, some, some people in their 60s and their 70s. And, and I talked to them, they were from the old Socialist Workers Party. And here's what I detected, Alex. In the 60s and 70s, these people hated the UK so much that they thought their chief ally was the Soviet Union. So they were for disarming the West and capitulating to the Soviets, and they were Marxists. Now, the greatest counterweight to the democratic, civilized, free West is radical Islam. So they side with them. And it, and that's what queering means that we talked about. So when you say queers for Palestine, they don't actually think that they're going to go to Palestine and live and go to a gay pride parade. They know they'll be killed. But they know that they're against the, the capitalist, patriarchal, uh, free West, and so are Palestinians. So are Russians, right. maybe. I mean, not no, no, Russians. You're absolutely right. And, and they think Islam's going to help them capture power in the West, then they'll double cross Islam. But we know Islam has another plan. Yeah, and, and so Russia used to be the counterweight to the West. Now they see Russia as the keeper of some of those old Christian values. So the the left is very confused about Russia. It's one of the reasons they hate Putin is because he's not a godless atheist communist. In fact, when he talks about cultural issues, he sounds Christian and conservative. But but the, I think anyone on campus, a lot of the young people on campus who are marching and chanting, they don't actually have a deep understanding of what they're saying. This is our generation's version of the massive unilateral disarmament protests that were in the West in the in the 70s and 80s. It's just self-loathing and it's a luxury of the West. If you travel anywhere in the third world, anywhere in the developing world, they do not have the same self-loathing. It is a luxury good to be be able to hate yourself. And that's why the people who hate the West the most are rich kids in college, because that's an exquisite demonstration of how sophisticated and savvy and, they and are, I wonder why, how they can condemn. I, I wonder why Christian conservatives and, and, and Jews, because you know I've grown up in America, I've seen it, but Christian conservatives, Jews, uh, other groups, they literally have a self-loathing and feel like we're bad as Christians, or and we have to grovel to whatever the power structure is and show that we're bad and, and admit we're bad because we're Christian or we're white. It's total mind control. It's absolute horsemaner. In, in closing, we're almost out of time. How do we break that and then get into the big Canadian petition to get out of the UN, WHO? I think the first thing is to talk about it and to give people the vocabulary, the vocabulary of how to resist. Most people in college have simply never heard the other point of view before, Alex, and so they don't know that there's another side of the story. But I think once once that light is switched on, they can really, you know, there there is hope out there. Um, to switch gears to to the last subject you you had there, sorry, what was the last subject you wanted to cover? The last subject was the uh, Canadian petition to get out of the UN. Thanks very much. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the World Health Organization is one of the most atrocious 
parts of the United Nations, also the UNRWA, the UN Relief Works uh, Administration. I think that's the Gaza. Like there's so many awful parts of the UN. I don't know where to start. There's the climate control. That's the UN um, uh, uh, climate change uh, framework convention on and climate change. And all their anti-free speech and all their open borders crap. The audience is sold. They're yeah. bad. Tell us what Canada's doing to get out of it. Huge petition, I think over 300,000 signatures might not sound a lot for Americans, but remember, we're one-tenth your size. So that would be like if three and a half million Americans signed an official petition, not just some Facebook petition, but an official government petition to get out. The point now, is Canada is, is waking up. This. Canada's waking up fast. I sure hope so, but we still have Trudeau at our helm. Imagine Gavin Newsom as your president. That's Justin Trudeau as our prime minister. All right, very impressive, uh, Ezra Levant. As soon as you're ready to come back on, anytime you got news to break, we're watching everything you do. Uh, again, where are the best places for people to find you? I guess it would be rebelnews.com on Twitter, Ezra Levant. You betcha. And uh, come to our channel if you want to see more of that transgender reporting by David Menzies. It really is unique. So many reporters are scared of touching it, and we'll make sure to send you the clips when we get them, David. All right. I'm sorry, I called you David. I was just, no, you're Alex, talking about the reporter. I, I get it. We're moving fast. Yeah. Ezra Levant, we'll talk to you soon. And, and, and your reporter, David, is amazing. Get him on. Anytime reporters want to come on, tell my producers. Let's get them on, too. Yeah, I sure will. He'll be great. And great job fighting to keep the churches open during the lockdowns. You were the tip of the spear. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Ezra Levant is a smart guy doing great work. We're a lot richer because he's there freedom-wise. All right, folks. Uh, we are... Out of time for this hour. We have huge investigative reports inside the, the, the illegal alien camps, how they're being abused, so much more coming up with a very special guest. We'll start the next hour, get to that. Infowars.com forward slash show, band out video. And if you're watching us on X or on a local radio station listening or at Infowars.com forward slash show, please go to Infowarsstore.com. Check out the new limited edition Team Humanity t-shirts, the 1776 Gadsden flag shirts uh, that I designed, and get some of the great products. We've got a big sale that's ending imminently for 50% off DNA Force Plus and Real Red Pill Plus. And we also now have back in stock New and improved, even stronger, and 40% off. Got a better deal on it. We have the amazing, over-the-top, absolute, uh, just killer nitric boost that cleans out your blood, cleans out your whole body at InfoWarsStore.com. So get your nitric boost. Get your next-level foundational energy. Get your winter sun. Get you all of the great products now at InfoWarsStore.com or 888 our number three is only two minutes away. I'm not perfect. I'm under a lot of stress. But if I didn't have the supplements we have, we promote, I wouldn't be able to continue to be on air. And when you go to InfoWarsStore.com, you are funding the tip of the spear in the fight against the globalists in an operation that the enemy admits has been the most effective at exposing them. Because we're fearless and we don't back down. We got God on our side. But God needs to work through you. You've got to make the decision to get great products you already need at InfoWarsStore.com. And that is a 360 win. Nitric Boost, without me even knowing, became our number three bestseller because people loved it so much. They had such great effects. Got all these natural compounds that clean out the blood, open up your arteries and veins and capillators, clean out your heart, your brain, everything. Well, we got an even better manufacturer. The other one was great, but one that's even better with even higher quality ingredients at a lower price. So I could never offer nitric boosts. It costs us so much to make. And now we can offer it for 40% off. Infowarstore.com, nitric boost, finally back in stock. 
40% off out of the gates. The enemies of humanity have been very good at dividing and conquering us. But if we simply start thinking about things according to the definition of is it pro-human or is it anti-human, we start to win. And that's why I had the idea for Team Humanity. I brought it up to Elon Musk. He loved the idea. What would you call the debate and discussion about a pro-human future? Just Team Humanity? Yeah, Team Humanity. Absolutely. And so we have the T-shirt. Team Humanity with a nuclear family standing against the globalist. This shirt is a great conversation starter, but it also is a fundraiser. Keep InfoWars on the air so we can promote and support Team Humanity. I want to thank you all for your past support, but I want to encourage you all now to understand that this is a revolution against the globalists, and it is so critical now to signal the fact that you are part of Team Humanity. We're told humans are the problem. We're told we're killing the Earth. We're told all this garbage, so we hate ourselves and stand down and roll over and die. We're not going to do that. Get your Team Humanity shirts now at InfoWarsStore.com, and I thank you all for your support.